Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to episode 14 of Pass the Torch, as today is a special one sitting down in person with our Torch Pro CEO and co-founder, Matt Fornataro. Matt was a former pro hockey player prior to kicking off his career in business and starting Torch Pro. We talk about the lessons that he learned playing hockey that helped him in business, the mission of Torch Pro, cool projects that we've worked on with athletes and are excited about, and the future of our company. It's a powerful episode, so buckle in and let's go. So today I sit with the lovely Matt Fornataro, CEO and co-founder of Torch Pro, and what I would call a good friend now. So Matt, long time coming for this. How are you? I'm fired up, buddy. It's good to be here. It's good to finally have this chat. Yeah, we're going to jump into your journey today. So first, I want to start with some hockey questions before we dive into Torch Pro and the last five years of your life and building that business and where we're headed today. But So I want to throw it back. So where'd you grow up playing the game of hockey and how'd you fall in love? Because you're a pro hockey player. I grew up in Calgary, Western Canada. Uh, hockey's just in the water, you know, much like Texas and football. It's like you you just play, and I fell in love with the game instantly. Uh, had an older brother, two, two and a half years older. He played. He was very good. And so all my memories growing up, I played other sports, but, like, just hockey, hockey, hockey. And, you know, I fell in love with it, and for 30 years it really consumed almost everything you know it, it was my life it, it led me around the world and um you know countless friends and, and memories along the way but I grew up in Calgary western Canada nice so you're the classic Canadian kid on skates before you could walk oh yeah eh? yeah <laughs> yeah I mean I have pictures I think I tried to recreate it actually with my son but I have a picture I think I was three full gear like in my dad's gloves that like went up to my elbow but um yeah, as, as far back as I can remember, hockey was, was it. Incredible. And so you go through your youth career, and then you make the decision to go to the United States and play at UNH <clears throat> for your college career. So what was that decision like? Yeah, it actually happened like a couple years prior to, um, you know, I I think around 10, 11, sort of, you know, I was one of the better players in the area and sort of, you know, was on the path of like, yeah, this this guy can play. There was a number of great players in Western Canada. Um, but you know, at that time it was kind of like, okay, hockey is what I want to do. Like that young, I was like 11, 12, like the NHL is the dream is the goal. Um, and so as I sort of progressed 13, 14, 15 playing Bantam, triple a traveling more and more, that's sort of when Canadian Hockey League, the CHL, comes into play. It's called Major Junior in Canada. And um, I was drafted by Medicine Hat in the Western Hockey League. That was really, like, early on when I was 15, like, I was going to Medicine Hat. Um, I, I went when I was 16 years old to training camp, could have played there. And it was just this, like, crazy experience of, of I was not ready for the physicality, I wasn't big, I hadn't matured quite yet, I was sort of skilled player, and it was just like a big, tough man's game, I wasn't ready for it, and so I, when I was 16, came back and played junior A in a different league that allows you to keep your college eligibility, if I had played for Medicine Hat, the college US route was out the door. And so I played in this junior league when I was 16. I was still younger than most guys, but was able to really have a good year. And that sort of cracked the door open to U.S. colleges expressing interest in me and 
hey, I think this might be a route that you should go. And, you know, I had some great players that were a few years older than me. Danny Heatley was one that came from Calgary, took the college path, and had a ton of success. And so that sort of thinking uh, led to looking into the USHL, uh, which is like, you know, the premier junior league in the U- U.S. And, um, yeah, when I was 16... I finished that 16-year-old year, and, and you know, we all made the, the decision at 17 that I would go down to the U.S. and try to pursue the sort of the college route because it sort of fit my game, my style a little better. Right. So you mentioned your goal. It was trying to get to the NHL always. And so after you graduate UNH, and for the casual hockey fan, the different ranks of the minor, or not the minor leagues, but those different pro leagues can get confusing. But I think you put on eight different uh, teams, right? And so you never made it to the NHL. But what was that experience like? Was that heartbreak? Just just walk me through that emotion. Yeah, I think, you know, now I'm 36 and I've been out of the game for six years and like can reflect and with hindsight and, um, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of the hockey career that I had. You know, as I said earlier, it took me around the world. I lived in, I think, 13 different cities over nine years, um, you know, and I think like, again, looking back from where I sit now, that perspective of, of the people you met, the relationships you cultivated, the cultures you were able to live in and experience has really lent itself to post-hockey success. The fact that I didn't make the NHL like was absolutely heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was my goal from as young as I could remember. Um, and I was close. I was really close, you know, six training camps, pretty much all my friends played played games all my teammates called up called and I was always sort of for whatever reason that tweener you know it was close but eh. and um you know I think that's both a byproduct of some holes in my game I never filled um and and luck comes into it too you got to be at the right place the right time the right coach the right line the right time Um, and for me, for whatever reason, you know, as a player, it just, it didn't happen. Um, but yeah, it was heartbreaking. It's taken time to sort of get over that. But I think at 27, when I made the jump to go over to Europe, you know, that was really sort of the, all right, I'm going to pull the cord on trying to make the NHL and, and hockey's a job now. And it's an incredible job, a job that's allowing me to go live in Sweden for three years and, you know, so once you sort of just work through those things, um, again, I'm really proud, really, you know, excited, and, and I love everywhere I played. Right. Um, so I, I look back at my hockey career as an amazing, you know, foundation for the rest of my life. Yeah, and as you should, you should be incredibly proud. You know, to make it almost to the NHL is still an incredible feat. And so you probably learned a lot of different lessons throughout your career as a hockey player that then transferred over into your next step in life. And so you get to that age where you're like, I'm not going to make the NHL and you retire from hockey. So I guess what was going through your mind at that point is like, <laughs> what is my next step for Matt Fornataro? And like, yeah, just walking through that. Yeah. Um, it was really challenging. It was yeah. really hard. I, so like a few things, I think when I finally was done being a hockey player, I ran away for four or five months, mm-hmm. like, ran away from what I call, like, the mirror test. Like, turn around, look in the mirror, who are you? What are you going to be? What do you... You can't be that hockey guy anymore. Because for 30 years, 
anywhere you went, a party, a wedding, oh, you're that hockey guy. And your answer is, yeah, that's me. I am that hockey guy, right? And the when that's gone, it's like, whoa, like it's really unstable ground. And as athletes, as males, as not very vulnerable humans, uh, a lot of times, you don't really work through those emotions. You don't really kind of go all the way to, to, to work through the hurt and the, wow, this is different. I'm scared. I need help. And so I went through all of those phases. I did it by going to the golf course every day. Um, and I just, you know, acted like I was a 20 year NHL veteran that like had millions of dollars just sitting away. That was not the case. Um, and so once I sort of like realized, okay, Matt, you have two kids that are under three years old, you're married, you're like, what are you going to go be in this world? What do you want to be? And I did a number of different odd jobs to begin with. I did some construction. Anyone who knows me, that's not my lane. <laughs> uh, I can be handy, but it's not my right. lane. You know, and then I did, like, some med sales things, selling it to, like, athletic trainers. That lasted four weeks. Went on every different job interview from tech sales to insurance sales to... Because in my hockey career, all these people would always tell me, like, you can talk. And in a network, you should talk. You should get into sales. That was everything I always heard. And it was probably good advice. But I remember distinctly, I got offered a job at a tech company in Boston... High-rise building, desk in the bullpen, 60 grand base plus commission. And at the time, I had no job, no income, two kids. And everyone in my life was staring at me going, great, this is the greatest thing. Awesome. Here you go. Here's your start. Right. And my gut, my my intuition, which I've learned to listen to more and more as I've gone through the path I have, was just like that there's no way that that is where you're going next that's just not it and i had no idea what that next was but serendipity sort of played that first summer i was retired going through all these job interviews and just not finding and people in my world kind of being like what are you doing a good friend of mine co-founder with torch joe pavelski got invited to play in the American Century Golf Tournament. And from 17, 18, me and Joe have always been, you know, best of buddies, golf buddies. And he called me up and just said, hey, we got in, baby. You got to come caddy for me. So we went out to Tahoe that summer. And for me, just retiring, eight years, minor, like no funds, no kind of looking at where where do I fit in this world? This week in Tahoe just like kicked the doors open to like, imagination more than anything i remember flying home from that week with a notebook like i just filled it for like six hours on the plane like oh my god and then ideas and ideas and ideas it was seeing other athletes how they operate the world that they operate in how they carry themselves the people they have around them how you know athletes like steph curry and aaron Rodgers are using their you know athletic prowess on the field to build sort of business empires off the field um and so just a lot of things started sort of circling in my head and 
again with hindsight looking back that we that first weekend in Tahoe was just a huge sort of kickstart to laying the foundation and the seeds to now what is what is Torch Pro. Right. And so now flashing back a little bit before Torch Pro, um, you the company was Company Thirty Nine, and that's the company you started with Joe, right? And so what was that problem that you first set out to solve when you started Company Thirty Nine? It was simple. It was help Joe build a brand. Mm-hmm. Have some sort of digital presence. It was very simple. It wasn't you know, I think I had a lot of visions of like helping tons of athletes and but like it was super simple. Hey Joe, you're an NHL captain. Digital matters now and you have zero presence digitally. I think he had a uh, Twitter that, you know, he didn't really use. He had no Instagram. And so at the time it was like how do we share with people your incredible story, Joe. Like, you were doubted every single... Like, your whole journey, you were doubted. You're too slow. You can't play. You can't play. You're a captain in the the NHL now. You just lost in the finals to Sidney Crosby. You're a stud. There's a lot of young athletes that could learn about persistence and perseverance and work ethic and all these great things that Joe um, possesses. So it really just started there, and... You know, I was super green. I knew nothing. Um, Joe Diamond was a former teammate um, and, and friend, and, and, you know, he came on board, and, and we just figured out. We put a crew together, and we followed Joe around for the summer, and we created Joe's story, his path to the, to the NHL. Um, and like I said, we, we really didn't know much, but it was let's tell his story and let's start your Instagram, right. and I'm going to run it, and I'm going to help you run it and figure it out. Right. That was sort of the, the seed. Yeah, and so to watch Joe's kind of brand transform over these past few years has been amazing. And so that first project you talked about, his journey to the pros, called Path of the Pros, which is on Torch Pro's platform right now, six-part docuseries. So was that your first ever kind of content shoe, and like, what was the madness of like figuring out how to be a producer of a docuseries like? It was incredible. I I look back at it as like three months of like, what, three to six months of just like so much learning, but we were like on the go. So you're learning on the go. And like I tell people all the time still to this day that like that's the best way to learn is like just jump in and it's okay to not know everything. And I had some great early mentors in the production space Um, you know, they knew what they were doing. They, I, I watched, I, I, my job was sort of like, get Joe where we need Joe set up the schedule, how long and how, and get our team there. And if I did that, I knew that people on our team could do the interview and get the questions out. And, and I just watched and watched and watched. And then over time, you know, I've started to sort of find ways to, to lean in, but there's a lot that goes into creating content um good content and i think like learning the process from the ground up and learning every single little thing why is a mic important why is lighting important learning all of those little things along the way like allows you to sort of how to have a better base um but like i'll tell you one story the first shoot we were ever doing it was at the rink in wisconsin with joe he was going to do like an on ice thing. He was going to work out in the gym. 
and we got to the rink and like we didn't know anything and we got to the rink and like we had all the gear and like we walked in the back door and we all looked at each other like all right where do we go now like what do we do (laughs) where do we set up what do we and like joey diamond to his credit he just ran found somebody okay let's set up here and we found some rooms and but like it was little things like that like nowadays it's like we're ahead of that six weeks but then it was like six minutes and you had to figure things out on your feet um and and like i said it's the best way to learn yeah and so now we've now worked with a lot more athletes than just joe i know company 39 was pretty solely focused on nhl because we know hockey had that problem every guy's too humble to really tell their story and grow their brand but now we're working with george niang in the nba um some guys in the nfl big projects coming up this summer and across different sports and whatnot so in the past few years what has been some of the most exciting your favorite content projects that you've worked on with other athletes that's that's tough there's been so many amazing ones i think one that bubbles up right away is casey bellamy Mm -hmm. um just her character as a as a person her willingness early on like she was sort of that second athlete after joe um she just had such an incredible career as an athlete but once you got to know her um that was a pretty special one. Torch Pro has had a very large voice in the world of women's hockey the past few years, which I think is amazing, and the sport's growing. Yeah, I think, you know, women's hockey is is a growing sport. I, it's something close to my heart now, too. Right. Like, I have a daughter. She's eight. She doesn't play hockey, but she wants and needs more females to look up to and to aspire, and, and so I think if we can lend ourselves to helping these female athletes share their stories it's absolutely um high on our priority list and and you know megan keller comes to mind another amazing incredible female athlete we've worked with i think george niang is a really really special athlete and human being um from his personality his character to like his willingness to be a part of the creative and like help us help him (laughs) And I think that's one of the things that, you know, athletes and, and the more athletes that we work with, we're certainly more discerning up front with mm-hmm. like, hey, we can't create magic without you creating it with us. Right. And and this is a team and this is a collective effort. And so clarifying that from jump is really, really important. And I think, you know, George has really embraced us as a team, our whole group, um, and, and the content, I think, speaks for itself. We, yeah. People have gotten to know George and his personality better than they ever have. Yeah, we always emphasize with our athletes to be the producer of their own story, right? And so before Niang Time came out, we just launched season one and produced it. Incredible, if you haven't seen it yet. But um, essentially before that, I always used to say, George is the greatest undiscovered personality in sports. But now Niang Time is out. I think people are starting to understand that George is this amazing human being and he's incredibly funny and he's creating this brand for himself that he can now take his talents, what he does behind the camera and his basketball career is not over yet, but he has a brand for when he stops playing sports and stops playing basketball. So I think building foundation with content is so important and that's what we did with the Yang time, but he's starting to set himself up for life after sports as well. Yeah. And I think that's such a big call out and, and like, one of the reasons I think we're all so passionate about what we do is like, and, and what we talk to every athlete we talk to about is like, you have an athletic career for only so long. 
-hmm. It only lasts so long. And those are the years where you're most relevant. It's just a fact. Right. Right. And so, especially in hockey early on, um, and I think it's starting to change. It still needs a good swift push um, to catch up for sure. But like, it was always about, well, I'll worry about that later. I'll think about that later. Well, guess what? No one cares about you later. Um, and, and so clarifying too with athletes, like the educational piece is the biggest piece is clarifying with the athlete, what a brand is and what a brand is not. Your brand is not trying to create some image. Your brand is just you, your character, what you're into, what you care about. And how do you build content, storylines, etc., around the things you care about that better show your personality? And, and if you start to lay the foundation, as to your point, that's when the next phases of, of you being able to take that next step post-career or while you're playing. Um, but a lot of athletes, I think, are, are sort of stuck in this middle ground of like, I think I could do that, but I, I don't know how to do that, so I end up doing nothing. Right. And so that's really where we try to fit in and help them discover, hey, this isn't that hard. It's going to be a little bit uncomfortable, but like that's where the growth is. Like mm -hmm. You're going to have to try a couple different things and test some things, and not everything's going to be a home run. We got to have a long game approach. Um, and if we do those things and we communicate well, uh, you know, the sky's the limit with where you can go from a brand perspective. Yeah. And so when we start talking to a lot of athletes for the first time, sometimes they can be a little timid because they see, oh, we want to build a personal brand. And they think it's this loud, kind of annoying person on social media. But it's not. It's like what you said. It's like what you actually care about in telling your own personal journey. So the prime example that I like to talk about is Riley Shane. So we've worked with him for over a year now, and to Riley's credit as an athlete, he's had a 10-year NHL career, played a ton of games, well-respected across the league, but currently he's a fourth-line guy, um, and when we started talking to him, he had 2,000 Instagram followers, so he didn't have this personal brand beyond the ice, but he clearly was passionate about wanting to spread awareness for mental health, and so that is something that is great, and we kind of took off and running with, and so he started the podcast, Speak Your Mind, and so... For those that don't know, it's just a mental health podcast hosted by him and Tyler Smith, a survivor of the Humboldt Broncos. But that journey and that example of Riley wanting to tell his story and wanting to spread awareness for mental health through a podcast and not having this loud, obnoxious kind of personal brand that athletes often so think is how you build your brand um, is the prime example of, I think, an athlete building their brand the right way. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean... Like you said, there's a there's a huge misconception out there about branding and yeah. social media. And all social media is our channels, right? Like, we all have our own potential for, like, a TV show in our pocket every day. You could turn it on and talk to the world if mm -hmm. you want, right? But we all have sort of egos and brains and yeah. we... And so, but all of these different platforms are just channels to share your different interests. Like if you're a gamer, you should be somewhere. If you're a, right. And it's like, you got to find the, the areas that make sense for you. Not all of them, but there's definitely ways to use these channels to your advantage. Um, and just help sort of grow and crystallize who you are as a human. Cause you as a human lasts a lot longer than your athletic career. And it's really hard to understand that when you're still playing. I used to hate 
when people would be like, yeah, are you preparing for after? I was like, no. Like, I'm a hockey player. They're like, yeah, but you play in Sweden and you're 29. And I'm like, yeah, I don't care. I'm a hockey player. Looking back, it's like, start to prepare. Don't be yeah. so blinded and, you know what I mean? Like, start to prepare. Like, read books. Start yeah. reading. Like, start educating yourself. Go to networking events. Start to lay the seeds. Because George Niang, that seed was laid 12 years ago when him and I worked out together for a whole summer. Yep. When he was in college, I was still playing. We worked out. We met each other. We, we grinded that summer together and we haven't kept in touch every day for 10 years but you know we've kept in touch enough that where we were at a place a year ago to say hey i think we could really add some value here george hey george this is what we're doing great to catch up with you and he goes yeah that sounds great and it the point is be aware that like seeds can be planted all the time i know you're a hockey player right now i know you're gonna try to make the nhl doesn't mean you can't go to a networking event or you're really interested in real estate. Go to a real estate event in the summer. Doesn't mean you're less focused on hockey or on basketball or on like, like round the edges. Too many guys stay away from their edges. And like when you retire, your edges are all you have. So like, what are those things and start to cultivate them while you play? Yeah. And I had a great conversation with Lonnie Paxton, a three time Super Bowl champ with the New England Patriots, actually in the first episode of this Pass the Torch podcast. And I think Lonnie helped you a lot when you were transitioning from pro athlete to real world. But his biggest theme was networking and just getting to go to those networking events. And that will go a long way once you retire and it will help you figure out your next step. A hundred percent. Lonnie, Lonnie, good friend and, and just a, a great guy, a huge resource for me when I was coming to the end of my career. He was one of very, very few people that told me like, man, like only you know what you want to do. Only you, like everyone's going to tell you what to do, what industry to get into, what he was, he was so adamant about that. And, and to this day, I'm so grateful for, for that counsel and advice. Yep. And so now I want to flash back a little bit again. So when we first got in contact about a year and a half ago, um, the fall of 2022, you guys were still company 39, was not Torch Pro yet. And I had started the Morning Blitz Daily Sports Newsletter. And so I guess what did you see in, in the Morning Blitz and then Noah Cartwright, our other, my other co-founder, that made you want to bring the Blitz under the umbrella and become a part of Torch Pro? Uh, number one was just you and Noah. Like, simple as that just as i saw a lot of myself maybe for younger self and you guys just like your energy your passion um you know former athletes mm-hmm. hard working discipline like it was just clear early the fact that you had never missed a day in the newsletter was huge the fact that the following was continuing to go up month over month um you know it wasn't like we had one conversation and then like the next day it was like we were before we got married right we we crawled walked and then ran yeah um but but i think the more we talked we there was just such an alignment around helping athletes telling stories informing fans giving fans better access all of these things that excuse me we just collectively like we, if we do this together, we can go so much further. Um, 
you know, and I think the Morning Blitz has continued to grow, has continued to flourish. Um, it, it's such a big piece of our business. It's our daily touch point with our community, um, you know, and people love it. I'm, I'm constantly, constantly reminded at least once a day. Somebody I talk to is like, man, the Blitz this morning, the Blitz this morning. Did you see this? Did you see that? Or I'm, or I'm asking someone, where did you see that? And they're like, the Blitz. Yeah. So that's super, super rewarding, and I'm sure it is for you. But I think more than anything, it was you and Noah as people. Um, and, and, you know, the product is excellent. And, and I thought that by combining forces, we could sort of just go faster. Yeah, and since combining forces on a personal level has been like the best year and a half of my life. And so we always had a vision to be more than a newsletter. So this interaction that you guys had with athletes, the relationships you were building and the trust and the content you were creating was like a perfect fit. And so over the last year, we've done some great things from an audience growth standpoint, building our community both through the newsletter, through Torch Pro's channels, all the content we're creating through athletes' channels, and we're continuing to add athletes. But what is the future for Torch Pro? It's a great question, and it's exciting to think about. Um, I think if you think of Torch Pro, we are rooted in storytelling, and our goal has always been and will continue to be helping athletes share their stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then as you sort of go up a level from that, it's like if we can help athletes share their stories, we can also build this community around giving fans better access and touch points into these athletes' lives, right? And so as a young athlete, you think about how – how much access did you have to your favorite player, right? And so if at scale, you think about Torch Pro in our future, you know, we're a media conglomerate and we're um, growing different content verticals within that, right? And so we have podcasts. We're going to continue to expand and grow on that. We have video content series. We have newsletters. Um, And so us finding engaging new ways to keep our community growing and give them that access into athletes and into these stories that a lot of people just don't know. Um, you know, we go way beyond highlights and, and stick tricks and yeah. you know what I mean? It's, this is um, storytelling and, and that's where our root is. Um, and so we've been able to build sort of a bunch of verticals off of that concept. Uh, and, you know, we continue to, to grow. Yeah. And I think, the access that we provide to athletes can inspire greatness on different levels, right? It's It can make someone better at their sport, maybe, but it can also make just people better in life and better humans and become more motivated in their everyday life, whether they're in a corporate job like in tech sales like you were working or whether they are a young kid playing a sport. So I think there's multiple different levels that the access that we're giving our community to these elite athletes is really going to inspire them on a bunch of different levels. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, there's so much you can learn and take and drift off, right? Like, mm-hmm. greatness, excellence is the same in, no matter what discipline. No matter what discipline. If you want to be great in business, you got to do certain things that will allow you to become great. Yeah. Just like an athlete worked for years, and you don't make the NHL at 7. Mm-hmm. You don't make the M- NBA at 11. Like, there's a formative years that it takes to sort of reach the pinnacle and the the skills and the disciplines needed to sort of stack along the way 
you can apply to everything. And, and that's been the really fun thing, I think, for me going from athlete to now sort of business world entrepreneur you, you I constantly find myself think oh yeah this is kind of like when yeah. our team lost 10 straight back in you know when I was 24 and we had this meeting and we really got clear about like what everyone's roles were and you know what I mean and then you can apply it and then we went on this great run and so it's like you can apply things that you learned in your in your athletic career, no matter what discipline. But the keys of greatness, they're the same no matter what you're doing. Yeah, and I'm really excited for some upcoming projects that we're working on. Um, we launched season one of Untapped this early in, in 2022, and I think we're going to do some cool things this summer with different athletes again in the NFL, women's hockey players, NHL guys, um, and other different sports. We have... Niang Time Season 2, which will be a big hit. We're excited about that project. Um, some more podcasts coming out, but just a lot of different things in the content pipeline. A lot of great athletes that I'm excited for the fans to see. Yeah, I totally agree. I think, you know, this summer um, is going to be a great summer for us. We do have a, a ton of um, exciting projects coming up. Different athletes, different sports, different positions, different stories, different backgrounds. Um, so yeah, to your point, really excited about where the future is. Um, and you know, we, we'll continue to inspire greatness. Oh yeah. And one final question before diving into some rapid fire. And we just talked about the carryover between sports and life and business, but if there's one big theme that you learned while you were playing sports and during your pro career that you've carried over into building the business of Torch Pro, I guess, what was that number one theme that, that has been the biggest carryover? persistence like 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 stay on the treadmill like stay in it mm. stay stay with it stick with it um and like i still i've been at this you know five six years now in terms of like trying to build a business yeah. and it's still really hard and it still takes time and i still feel like i'm really early in the process and still have so much to learn but it's like that learner's mindset of like, you know, delayed gratification, like things don't happen like that. And I think athletics teaches you that a little bit. Like you don't win a championship in training camp. Mm -hmm. You got to go through the season. You got to make the playoffs. You got to win rounds, right? To lift a trophy. Same thing can be said about business. Like, yeah, we all, we all can sit in a room and dream about some great thing happening. But it's like, how do you lay a brick every day? How do you progress towards that every day? Um, and I think athletics laid that foundation hands down for me. Um, and I think with our whole team, you know, right. we're all former athletes. We all understand what it took to make it to, you know, an exceptional level. Um, and so uh, I would say just like that persistence of just like, showing up every day, yeah. laying a brick. 100%. I feel the same way, and I think it's all about the long game and the grind and enjoying the process has been my favorite part. So, yeah, I love it. But some rapid fire here. You can go one Let's word, one phrase, take as long as you want. Okay. But uh, who was your favorite athlete growing up as a kid? Kobe Bryant. Who was your favorite athlete to watch in current day sports? Ja Morant. He's a stud. I'm excited for the NBA playoffs. <laughs> Uh, so who is the current athlete, pro athlete out there with the ideal personal brand that doesn't work with Torch Pro right now? 
Wow. Wow. That's a great question. There's some good ones. There's a lot. I will say it's it's different between different sports, and I think different sports are getting there. So the NBA is way far ahead of the curve, right? Yeah. When you think of the NBA and fandom, you're thinking of players playing against each other versus teams. So a playoff yeah. matchup is, oh, uh, James Harden's playing LeBron James. It's not, oh, the Sixers are playing the Lakers. It's yeah. So I think the NBA in terms of that is way ahead of the curve, and there's yeah. some different players at different levels that – have created media businesses like LeBron with his yep. uninterrupted. Um, but there's a lot of different examples. And then when you go down the funnel, like the NHL is still getting there, but there's ways to go. But there's some athletes in the NHL that are starting to figure it out and yep. create their own brands. Yeah, I think like if you're, you know, there's a lot that come to mind. You know, Steph Curry's done a great job yeah. in branding and building business empire. Kevin Durant, LeBron James, everything that they have done, I study religiously. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and, it's great to see that. When you're thinking of hockey, guys like TJ Oshie, Austin Matthews come to mind. You know, they're doing some really great things. TJ's done a good job at, like, family, but access. But, like, you know, so I think there are certainly athletes that are that are doing it the right way that have embraced, not sort of shunned um, the world we live in. It's like we can't go backwards. This is the world we live in. It's only going to get faster and quicker and more platforms and more ways yeah. to to get your story out so getting comfortable with the world we live in now not wishing that it was like it used to be is step number one um and there's a lot of good gr- really good athletes doing some really great things that that a lot of athletes now can kind of look at and, and use as a guide yeah and similar lane here with this next question i'll give you my answer before you go but what athlete have you seen make the biggest transition or make the transition most smoothly from pro sports to life after sports in their retired career. Mine is Pat McAfee and what he's done with his media company. And again, it doesn't always have to be media, but what he's done, and he actually quit like at the peak of his career to go start his media company. So just to watch what he's done and use his influence as a punter in the NFL and then carry it over and to create this conglomerate um, has been really impressive. Yeah, I think what Pat McAfee's done has been incredible. I think um, what... Spittin' Chicklets, mm. Ryan Whitney, Paul Bissonette, R.A., um, have done, has been absolutely incredible for the game of hockey. Right. It, it created a platform for players like me, right, to feel like I was in the locker room again. Yeah. And, like, when you leave the game and you don't have that anymore... It is one of the, and we've all heard athletes say, like, I just miss the group. I don't miss playing. Like, I'm injured. My back hurts. Like, I don't want to lace my skates up. But I miss seeing the boys every day. I miss. And, like, I think there's so many hockey players, and not just, like, NHL players. Like, a lot of times us minor leaguers get forgotten about. But but the, the what they have created for the game of hockey and and sort of like bringing some levity and some light and some humor and some personality into the game giving players you know different ways to to sort of come on their platform and and share their story i think what they've done has been incredible um and then the other one i would say would be arod what mm-hmm. arod's done from an investment standpoint real estate media been really impressive 
uh, there too. Yeah, and I'm not even the biggest hockey fan, but I'm a big fan of Spit and Check Bus, and I think it's hilarious to listen to that podcast sometimes. So. Yeah, they, I mean, if you think about Paul Bissonette, I mean, he's arguably, I would say he's the most influential person in hockey yeah. today. And with Biz going from podcast to TV host on TNT's pregame and postgame show is pretty incredible. Well, uh, yeah, and I, and I think people, I mean, I think now his story's been shared enough and people understand this has been a process. But, like, Biz, like, he wasn't a first-line right. 15-year stud in the NHL, right? He, Biz was actually an unbelievable hockey player. Yeah. Like, really good. Like, he unbelievable hockey player was like a d-man a forward he was kind of like could play everywhere but like at 18 i remember playing him in the under 17 tournament he was a really good hockey player right he ended up becoming and and assuming a role of sort of like yeah i'm gonna protect my teammates i'm gonna find a way to stay in this league and and he did an excellent job at that but what he has been able to do him and ryan whitney but like biz is magnetic he brings people together, and he's funny, and he's got a personality, and he's and he's raw, and he just tells people how. All of those things have sort of cracked open the door, I think, for hockey players to feel more comfortable. He and Ryan and all of them at Chicklets have have sort of paved a lane for, uh, especially the hockey world, to be like, oh, we don't have to stay in this little box and just say, yeah, we chipped it in and won the game, yeah. right? Like, so. I give them a, a ton of credit for, for sort of kicking that door open. Right, right. And so now, question here, transitioning from sports, but what I know you're a huge reader. You've probably read thousands of books. What is the single greatest book that you've ever read? Oh, that is so hard. I could talk for three hours about I reading know. and the importance of it. I will say this. Reading is the number one, bar none, discipline that I adopted, and at 30 years old, I had never finished a book in my life. Mm. And it was hard to make it a discipline and make it a non-negotiable daily habit. But I did that, and and the benefits of that have been astounding. The number one book, if I had to, had to, had to, I don't know that I can. You made me read Shoe Dog before when we brought the Blitz under the umbrella of Torch Pro, and I had never finished a book in my life, and Shoe Dog like really just fired me up. I read it and wanted to run through a wall. Yeah. So that would be my answer. Shoe dog. Um, and the way that it was sort of presented to me was just an incredible, I ran from this meeting and picked up the book right away. Shoe dog is by far top three story of Nike. I would have to also include like, uh, Ryan holiday and his Mm -hmm. work. Obstacle is the way ego is the ego is the enemy. I think is maybe the most important book every athlete should read. And here it is, right here. There it is. Boom. Got unlocked. Ego is the enemy. But incredible sort of insight into the brain and and using history to kind of paint a picture. Ryan Holiday's had a huge impact on my thinking and my sort of philosophy. Um, But books are just hidden gems. They possess tons of power and wisdom and knowledge, um, you know, and you can learn a ton from reading. Matt Fornataro's book club, powered by Torch Pro, coming to you soon. Um, soon enough. What is your biggest fear? To be philosophical, mine is spiders. Though. <laughs> My biggest fear. I'm, I 
I'm a little weary of like oceans. Okay. I don't know that I sharks. would say it's like my biggest, but like, and I went salmon fishing one time. I was probably 10 miles offshore Vancouver Island. And I swear to God, I was like, like every way you look, like our boat felt like a little dinghy in the middle. It was just, the ocean is just so powerful. It kind of freaks me out a little bit. Um, I have a lot of fears, just like all of us do mm. in the human species. Um, but yeah, I, I'm definitely afraid of like deep ocean water. Fair enough. Last question here. What is one word that best describes you? <laughs> Dreamer. That works. Dreamer works. Well, Matt, uh, appreciate the time today. Hope people got a little deeper insight into what Torch Pro is, um, kind of what we're building here, what we're creating, and the future we're headed towards. So I'm excited. Yeah, love it. This was uh, this was great. Talk soon. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Pass the Torch. I had a ton of fun, so I hope you guys did as well. Please hit that subscribe button and don't miss a new episode. Also, you can head to torchpro.com where you can find lots more content with athletes, whether it be video features, docu-series, or other podcasts. I promise you guys will enjoy. Lastly, if you have any interest in becoming a smarter sports fan, you'll want to subscribe to our daily sports newsletter, The Morning Blitz. You can find it all at torchpro.com, and we'll see you next episode.